Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Attack. I'm your host Trevor, and I'm currently playing Wilderness, like right now, like <laughs> now, now. Um, I'm Jay, and I think I want to like hire Josh to be the person who takes care of my customer service issues, and <laughs> my my assumption is that I'm just like a cursed individual, and if he takes over, everything's going to be <laughs> sunshine and roses. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, I mean, if you want your tasks to get delegated about three people deeper, then I'm your man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. Because <laughs> what I do is delegate. That would be uh, nice. Yeah. I'm Josh, and I would be playing Inscription right now, but the the noise and atmosphere is so creepy that I don't think I would be able to record. Uh, I'd, I'd be doing it. <laughs> Am I a giant baby? Yes. Uh, that's what we love about you, Josh. <laughs> Jay, I don't know. So, I will finish it, but the death of Nananji has uh, it has cooled my ardor for that series. Oh, really? I just have. I don't know. I just haven't. I haven't wanted to read it as much as the rest. You know what I mean? Because mm. and 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 I can kind of see why. Because really, he kind of closed the. You know, he closed the story arc at the mm-hmm. end of three and now he's come didn't he come back like 20 years later or something like that yeah Maybe it was 10. a long time later uh-huh. yeah and so it's like it does a time skip of 15 years in the world yeah, right and so i you know i don't know that's just i'm just letting you know okay i i i, 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 slowed, so. I just i i finished book three last night i started book four and it'll be here i'm curious to see if by the end of book four if I'm like, you know what? He should have just stayed with the trilogy and, uh, or what? I mean, I don't really remember any of, of book four. At, yeah. Yeah. You might at the end be like, you should not have gone back to the well, my friend. Yeah. It is. I, it was interesting to me. Like I had, you know, you had said in the previous podcast how upset you were over some things that happened in book three. And mm-hmm. honestly, I, I didn't even remember the character that you <laughs> were upset about. Wow, for real? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, and I feel like a little bit that they did the um, Aliens 4, you know, it was all a dream to deal with that in the end. So I, I was not totally satisfied with how that got handled. Um, okay. I, I did. I, you read the, the epilogue, I assume? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Anyways, that's, I don't know. I, that's what it felt like. I... I really enjoyed that blog. I also, one of the, one of the things that went after I finished book three, um, it was, it, it just kind of struck me again that I was kind of really pleased with. It felt like, besides being like a fast paced novel that I enjoyed reading, it felt clever to me, like how many different things that 
you thought were just random parts of the story ended up yeah, yeah. being significant or having important callbacks or, you know, whatever it was. It, it ended up I feeling like the whole story had been like really well planned out from the start as opposed to like there's there's, you know, I guess like Game of Thrones where <laughs> I don't think he has any idea what he's doing <laughs> at this point. So anyways. I guess what's so what's I'm your, assuming you guys are talking about the reluctance. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I'm, we're going to do a full episode on it, but I'm curious, Josh, what is your, of the initial trilogy, one to ten, what would you, what would you give a number for it? Oh, of the initial trilogy? Yeah. Um, if I'm avoiding a seven, I would probably, <laughs> I think, I don't, I don't think I would go all the way to an eight. Like, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I'm glad I read it, but I, I would probably but still. you would give it a seven? Well, that's what yes. <laughs> if I'm avoiding a seven, I give it a seven. <laughs> okay. What was your question? Sorry, I cut you off, Trevor. Oh no, I just I I'm curious. I'm um, currently reading a Dresden Files book that I've never read before. Oh, how's it been? It's been good. I'm so I'm on Peace Talk, and I don't get a lot of time to read. I'll be honest. Playing games that aren't complete um, <laughs> that you have issues with. Yeah, but um, I'm 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 more than halfway done. I'm about sixty percent of the way through the book. It's one of those. It's um, it, it brings it evokes the feelings of the first time I read all the others. It's a page turn every chance yeah, I yeah. get. I'm trying to. For me, it's going quite quickly. Um, and I think that so I have some time off from the very near future. Expect well, if it's not done by then, it will You'll be finish that. the dress. Well, you have another book after that. I, I do, um, uh, but I, I can't, you know, not everything that comes out of the uh, mouth and fingertips of some of them. Yeah, I'm curious if the last book, I've, I've had some people who um, didn't feel quite as engaged with the last one because it really like 80% of the last most recent book is essentially a fight scene, it feels like. Okay. And so there's there's people who are like, oh, this isn't really what I've love about the Dresden Files. I, I I enjoy having some cool fight scenes in the series, but having one book just be a fight scene is not why I read the Dresden Files. Yeah, um, uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, a big part of what makes Dresden Files slick and fun, most of them are there's a mystery of some sort. On, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you're you're trying to figure out what it is along with the main character and a little bit of here and a little bit here, but Jim Butcher's ability to reveal something that kind of catches you off guard at the end is really his, it's his bread and butter. And that's what I come to expect. So I, I don't I, know how I'll feel about it until I get into it. Right. But. I will say that, um, I, I, I feel like the, the last, you know, 20, 15% of it or whatever the, the payoff is, is worth it when all the stuff that's going on outside of the, the big fight. So we'll see. I'm uh, currently I'm moving at a pretty brisk pace for me through this one. Couldn't I think I th- I think my grade on the Reluctant Swordsman trilogy is probably an eight or nine, but I yeah, think that's also four or five times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I think I for whatever reason it's it's one that I maybe it's because I read it at a young age or something, but it's one that I uh, ir- have irrational uh, affection for. <laughs> Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, I want to give I want to give the podcast, especially the Patreon subscribers, uh, an update. You know, if you were listening to our pre ramble, I just was looking at my Steam library while we're sitting here recording, and 
my father is playing Gloomhaven right now. Clearly, he knows. He knows you. You. He, I know your father, and he's probably got like three games. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I think he's already unlocked a bazillion characters and stuff too. Like, I'm sure. So, anyway. Something so, from the pre-ramble, you're like, someday my father's gonna look at Steam and see me playing it, and he's gonna feel so betrayed by his son who's not playing a multiplayer game with him (laughs) and i feel like the perfect thing you need to do is send him a message about like your sense of betrayal that (laughs) that he's playing this multiplayer game without you yeah see that i don't think that's gonna work like i said then that would just set me up to look like a a schmuck later uh, yeah, her. because yeah. he would he would absolutely say, "Well, let's play one. Let's start it right now." And he would yeah. have five games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so some quick things from Discount Games Inc. Uh, from Games Workshop, we have the Black Templars Army set in stock. Uh, get that ordered, and we have Harrow Deep, which is the new starter box for Warhammer Underworlds in stock, and uh, you can get that ordered. Uh, finally. Um, Prepture Press did a huge dynamic update where they made changes to over 50% of the models. A lot of the changes were um, point adjustments, but I hear that Discount Games Inc. is the perfect place to uh, round out your War Machine collection on the models that are now exciting and shiny and uh, time to get on the table. Seems right. Yes. You know, we should be doing a War Machine. I'm assuming that we um the trevor and i will play a game together uh once <laughs> i get so back <laughs> and then we'll do one on the update you're gonna need to make sure that it, the, the the new update has some uh, a card game element and that That's there's fair. all things that are like kind of broken about it well that'll probably be Otherwise, trevor's true. not interested probably yeah <laughs> So we're going to talk this episode about the new movie Dune. I am, I'm, I'm curious. I, I think I know the answer of Josh. Maybe you'll surprise me, but I'm curious on Trevor's response as well. So both your responses. Um, how, what are we doing for spoiler? How, and how anticipated would you say this movie was for you? So to put context to the anticipation for me, I literally made an effort to purchase airline tickets for my children who live out of state now to bring them back here just to watch the movie in theaters. Like, I made a sincere, concerted effort. Uh, did any of them actually take you up on that? They couldn't. Like, you know, okay. life okay. and adulthood and, and schedules just didn't allow Being it. Being an adult stupid. <laughs> yeah. No, agreed. 100%. I think we can all agree on that, honestly. But anyway, that's how excited I was for it. You know, uh, now my. I, I think it's funny that you had like this level of anticipation for this movie and had no idea that it was a part one. <laughs> Look, I think we're all proud that I knew who the director was by the time the movie actually showed up. More data points than that is really, that's just asking too much. Okay, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, Trevor, I'm assuming you were not. Willing to fly other people to <laughs> come watch the movie with you, uh, but what was your level of excitement? I'm trying to think of who I would fly to me if I could. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't have people old enough yet that that's a like potential thing. Well, I mean, I have you know aunts and uncles and cousins. Yeah, you're right. I, I just I guess I meant kids because your kids are in the house. Yeah, 
Um, so it, I, it's humorous to me that I think when this movie was early in development, maybe they were in filming or whatever, and we were and we were talking about it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it being two movies. I'm but, pretty sure we did. Yes. But, <laughs> but some point between then and the opening credits, I had forgotten that. The same as Josh. I, I didn't okay. remember. So when it came I, up, Most advertising two, doesn't emphasize that in fairness. Yeah, that's true. In fact, thank, there are, there are scenes that. in the advertising. Small out of grace, Jay. Yeah, there, there are <laughs> scenes in the advertising that I thought would, would have been in the last half of the book. I'd have to go back and look. But to me, it sort of in, indicated that we were seeing the entire story to the people who knew this. So that, right. that sort of caught me off guard. And and when the, the, the part one came up, I was like, Oh crap. I I'm like, wait, are they making more, you know, like, are they making children of Dune? And, and I started thinking of all the other books that I haven't read. And, and then as we started going and the, and the pace of the movie was slow enough. I'm like, Oh no, this is only the first part of the first book. You know? So, the thing that's, yeah. Yeah. The thing that's funny is that, you know, I'm sitting next to Josh's wife in the theater. The, the four of us went uh, yesterday and, you know, we're doing the previews and I'm, we're, we're chatting during the previews a little bit and I lean over to her and I'm like, you, you know that this is just like the first half of the story, right? And she's like, no, I didn't know that, but that's good to know. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's, it's kind of uh, funny to me that she knew that before Trevor did. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm, I'm almost certain we talked about. Apparently, yeah, you take her with you guys to nerd stuff I'm excited about in the future because I get her reaction afterwards and she's like, it was good. She's like, it helped that Trevor told me a little bit about yeah. what story actually involved, unlike you. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> well, so we're the first two. I was the first one there and she shows up shortly thereafter and she's like, about, I didn't only made it eight pages. <laughs> So I'm like, I'm like, here, let me boil this down to the simplest concept. And we just, and I just said, hey, there's a resource that's critical, and they're fighting over it, and there's an emperor that that has royal families assigned fiefdoms to, and you know, I just, I just, I kind of boiled it down to concepts that weren't necessarily sci-fi, yeah, and and made it as simple as I could, uh, so that you know she could see those. And the part, the part that amazed me is she picked up on it quickly, and she says, oh, kind of like, um, well, I mentioned the the natives of the Fremen. Mm-hmm. And how they were being kind of exploited, and she says, "Oh, so sort of like uh, Israel with the Palestinians." Like, yeah, that's that's actually more apropos than you probably realize. So she kind of went in with, given the time that Herbert wrote it, right? So yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. So um, so what was what was what was your what do you say your anticipation level was, Trevor? I'm uh, pretty high. Uh, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the book, but I have read it and I did enjoy it. Um, and I've seen the you know david lynch movie and i've seen the sci-fi series and and i certainly haven't gone beyond the main story um but i ha- i do enjoy the main story i'm i'm still a nerd at heart i i can't turn so it was it was fairly high and um i i don't know if i've mentioned it before but i'm i'm more of a sci-fi guy i've tried really yeah. hard to be a fantasy yeah, no. guy know that about you yeah but i just i don't i can't read fantasy books very well i do enjoy fantasy um games you know so i i i love you know D and all the other board games out there i love gloomhaven um i love watching fantasy movies but books just never really the only one that I, i've ever really truly enjoyed i think is the hobbit so I, i'm I, trying to i'm trying to improve upon that i'm i actually think i might read it's not the first time it's been recommended i mean you yeah. guys didn't necessarily recommend it you haven't passed right, right. Yeah. yeah yeah so 
Um, I was fairly excited because anything like this, and let me also say that I'm a huge, huge fan of like, he has, uh, he's not afraid to make a movie paced a little bit slower. He's does great lighting, great, um, aesthetics, aesthetics. Like he just knows how to double style. And, um, I, I just, I love what he's done before. So there was, there was maybe even more excitement from that part of it. Right. Well, and I think that, so the reason why I asked the question was I was thinking about it after I watched it the first time and it was probably, it's probably the movie I've been most excited about ever. Most anticipated for me. Okay. Okay. And part of that was just because a big part of it was because it's this story that I love being made by someone that I think is going to do an amazing job with it. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I went into the movie kind of fearful because I was like, what if he screws it up? This is, this is the great white whale that, (laughs) yeah, that no one can get right. (laughs) And, and worried that this was going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going to another Ender's Game movie. That, oh, that, oh, man, man that is a stab me in the heart. Yeah, that, that was painful, Jay. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but that's, that was what I was worried about. <laughs> Brought up some harsh memories there. Yeah. So I was, I was actually, I was, I was going to watch this with a friend on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And we were going to watch it up on HBO. And, and then Brian was like, I don't really want another person in our house right now. And so I was like, okay, screw it. Well, I'll just go and watch, watch in the theater with him. And then Brian was okay with that. And so, you know, I, I had planned on the first viewing in the theater to be with you guys, but I ended up seeing it the, the night before, um, in the theater. Um, and I guess, Josh, you had asked about spoilers. Is there, are we wanting to basically do a spoiler free until the end, I guess, or does it matter? I mean, um, yeah, I think that makes sense. It feels like we're past the statute of living. This book was fixed. I mean, there's, so, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm asking like in this movie, there's, there's things that he didn't include that were in the book. For example, um, does that matter? If when we're talking about this, or so, does that spoil things? Right. So I'm if, if we're if we're not going to do spoilers, um, then we need to do it full on because I have read uh, the book. I read it, but it's been long enough uh-huh. that I I don't remember. I in fact at the end of the movie, I turn to Josh and I says, "I don't remember that being the book," and he said, "Yes, it it is." Yeah. So it's, it's a very yeah, it is a very important part, but the. They do, they do a little bit of the chronology of things slightly different in in the movie. Um, yeah, and there's some scenes that I know for certain are in the movie. Well, that yeah, help. partly it's because they kind of play with the whole like awareness of time backwards and forwards, which I thought, I thought was pretty interesting. Well, they they also um, they do a much better job of setting up the world. So one yes. of the big, big failures of both the sci-fi series and the David Lynch movie is a failure to um, give you the background. You need to understand the setting. I thought the sci-fi one kind of did. It it, it does better, yes. It had like some storyboards, essentially, that were like, here's kind of the setting of what's going on. Yes, it does it much better. I, I don't mean to, to say bad things about it, because the sci-fi series is pretty good. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, but the David Lynch movie just throws you into the world and tells you. And um, the first time I saw that movie was before I read the book, and I was so yeah. lost. I'm like, what is this property that I was told is supposed to be great? You know, I was it was a horrible experience the first time I saw it. But after reading the book and going back and watching the movie, there are some beloved parts to that movie. It's still enjoyable. It walked mm-hmm. into it as a fan already. Um, but for everybody else, it's a horrible experience. And this movie, I don't feel like does that. I think it does a really good job of setting up some of these scenes that explain things that even the book doesn't explain to start. Right. Yeah. 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 I think that's fair. Um, well, I guess uh, whatever. I, I vote that we turn on the spoiler tag and okay. that's fine. And just like, go, like I said, we're we're way it. past the statute of limitations. This book is well. It's I mean, we're, we are going to be talking some about like things that happen differently in the movie. So. Like if if that's gonna upset you, maybe pause and go watch the movie and then come back. So, <laughs> um, well, maybe we should start with that. Should they go watch the? Oh yeah, spoiler alert! Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm going. To, my current my current expectation is that I'm going to watch this at least five times in the theater. I'm going to wa- I'm going to watch it. So uh, we watched it um, yesterday. I will watch it today with my family, and Such then I'll a- almost s- certainly watch it on HBO Max. We're recording this on a Saturday, though. Yeah. I mean, my my expectation is that I'm, I've am i watched it twice in a normal theater uh, so far. Um, I'm, I want to watch it. It was, this was recorded in IMAX, and so I want to watch it on an IMAX screen. Which, uh, where's your closest up to do that? What's that? Jackson. I, I was um, just saying, West, West, West Yellowstone or Jackson probably is the closest IMAX. Yeah. They, that probably is. Um, if so, what would have happened? I'm I'm about to go on a trip to San Francisco, and <laughs> I'm gonna take time out of a trip to San Francisco to go watch uh, <laughs> an IMAX viewing of Dune in San Francisco. Uh, I wish we had an IMAX. I do too. Um, if I enjoyed this movie enough that if so, Brian's been kind of needing to do a trip to Salt Lake to purchase some things that we don't have locally. Um, and I've, and we, it's been pushed, kick the can down the road for quite a while. And I was like, look, either we have two options. You can pick one you want to watch. Either I can watch Dune during the San Francisco trip, or we can go do a trip down to Utah. You can buy your stuff. I can go to the IMAX viewing and either, either of those are fine with me, but either way I was going to, <laughs> Uh, watched in IMAX. Um, oh, sad. So if you were to go to West Yellowstone, the IMAX movie uh, available there is not doing sad. Yeah, it's big sad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I even I, did. I'm impressed to hear Jay that you're going to. It, it sounds like single-handedly assured that the uh, second <laughs> part of the movie is greenlit. You know, a giant I, I, I am doing my best cosplay of a teenager watching Titanic. Girl, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's an old man throwback. Good job. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then my expectation is that I'll probably watch before you know Dune is done. I'm going to watch it a bunch of times on HBO as well. Um, But my expectation is that I'll also uh, before it goes out of theaters, I'll probably watch the normal one again at, at like the end of the theater run. So yeah. I guess one one thing I will say, we're, we're obviously fans recommend going to watch it. 
Um, one thing, so this is potentially a, a pro or con, depending on who you are, I guess. But one of the things that I felt like was um, part of the reason why it's worth seeing in the theater is that, yes, there there is this these stunning visuals that you're watching on the screen, but there's also um, the sound. sound involved yeah. that is, I would say, a key part of the experience. And the theater, the theater sound system, you can like, it's, it's so loud that there's parts of it where you can feel it vibrating through your body. And so, I mean, honestly, in, in my opinion, that makes it, that's part of the experience of like why it's worth going to the theater that the sound experience is, is kind of such a unique part of it but also i guess it's also a little bit of a warning because i know there's some people that like the level of sound experience that you receive in this movie is is just something that they can't handle and i was actually surprised that my wife came out of the movie and didn't like tell me that she had that yeah like i was surprised um so are these same people the people who watch uh asmr on twitch <laughs> I don't know. Professional callback. Uh, okay. I was I, I was uncomfortable. Yeah. So I I can I can appreciate what others might feel because I think very tolerant and uh, I think that I have some hearing loss. You know, doing the things that youth do, shooting guns, listening to loud music, you know, et cetera, et cetera, loud cars. Um, so I, I know that I say what a lot, and uh, so somebody who has actually acute hearing might might not enjoy it in. The, yeah, one of the reviews that I read was like, you might want to consider earplugs in the theater. And I was like, I would think that when it's not at like the amp going to 11, you you would miss some of the dialogue. And and one of the one of the things that I'm excited about um, watching the HBO streaming of it is there's some parts where it's actually difficult to hear some of the dialogue because the soundtrack is so aggressive at certain parts. Yeah, it's not um, tenant bad, but it does have some issues. And so I'm, I am interested in in watching it with subtitles and seeing what it's like on the the home streaming experience. So, um, I guess Josh, what did what did you think of the any changes that he made from the the book to to this? I mean, honestly, you liked or didn't like? Well, yeah, I was gonna say honestly, my last read of the book has been long enough ago that I I probably don't necessarily notice the changes um i'll talk about a couple of the things that i thought were really well done that that you don't i don't feel like you necessarily get in the book and that like the david lynch movie which i'm like trevor i still adore you know doesn't necessarily do as well um but like the way that it sort of showed the content contrast between like the atreides homeworld and arrakis right the way yeah and you you just don't get that in the book i mean the book it's like you know a couple paragraphs that they're leaving uh Mm. i mean one thing that i i felt was a little bit different from the book to the movie was that there was this i don't know i i feel like in the book it just drives home like how how scarce water is on arrakis compared to elsewhere in the universe Mm. and it didn't i don't know it didn't feel as um the Fremen's water discipline did not seem as strong in this version. Yes. As, yeah, I mean, right? Like, that's what you're talking about, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, yes, partially. Uh-huh. I'm just saying it didn't seem as strong as it does in, like, the... Well, even the Lynch version does good. But but in the book, right? Like, 
yes, yes. He reads the book can make you thirsty, and I don't mean that in like the uh, <laughs> the, the horny way, right? I mean like. <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree with that a little bit. Um, you know, some of the changes, like for example, the first reciting of the litany of fear, that scene. You know, in the book, it's it's, it's Paul reciting himself. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I love that scene. That scene is like for me formative from my youth. Right. Um, but and but I love the way the scene happened in the movie. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting sort of little tweak. Um, yeah. It, so can we talk about that just for a second? Because yeah. I thought when we were watching it, I fully expected them to chant it in unison, and that never happened. Yeah. 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 I, I thought that. And they, I and Paul never. I don't think Paul ever. Like Lady Jessica did the litany of fear multiple times in the movie. I don't think Paul did. He never once did. in the never movie. Said, yeah. No. no he yeah. Said. And I I thought that it was going to happen. I mean, where it happens in the book. I mean, he recites it right, right. then and there. And I thought. Right. And she's reciting it outside. Them, and I thought this would be a perfect to happen. It was also kind of strange to me that if if you didn't already know the litany of fear, like the end of it, you probably wouldn't catch unless you were doing subtitles because yeah, uh, it was. It was part where the soundtrack swelled so high that it, you you couldn't really at that point, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> I I am I'm so I want to come back to the um, things that were different from the book. Um, okay, but real quick, this is a I, a place where I guess I want to ask this question. Um, I guess what did you think of? The actress who did Lady Jessica, and what what did you think of how she was portrayed? Um, honestly, I thought she did a, a really good job. It, it, in some ways, I felt like her. I, I just want to say like her her beauty was a little more s- sort of subtle, right? Like uh, understated, so you would like kind of would almost underestimate her, and 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 maybe that's from the actress slash the costuming. You know, like they did a lot of that really well. <laughs> the, the one line about your pitch, I, that one made me giggle for some reason. But like, again, it was, it was, I thought it was pretty well done. Just kind of this like, you know, she, she clearly was like subtly trying to still guide him in the direction that, that she believes as a Benny Jesseret he should go. Right. So, um, yeah, I thought she did a pretty solid job, honestly. Like I, the, the things that surprised me and, and then I guess this kind of goes to, the differences between the book and the movie. And I, I don't think this is bad, but when I pictured Lady Jessica in my mind from the way that she's kind of describing the book, I would, it's, it's kind of what one of the things you said, Josh, um, like I don't, obviously I don't think that the actress that who played it is unattractive, but I had just kind of pictured Lady Jessica as someone who was more physically stunning. Um, and so that was one thing I thought with it. Um, another thing that I thought with it was that there was the way that she portrayed her. I thought she wasn't as, it felt like she was either like more fearful or less confident than the way that I had pictured like this mentally disciplined, uh, from the book, you mean. from the book. Right. Which again, I don't necessarily think is bad, but it, it's not what I had pictured from, from re- when, when reading the book. Yeah. Well, weirdly, they almost humanized her more. In yeah, this first, yeah. It felt like. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so I think Rebecca for gorgeous. I, I guess maybe I have a different yeah, set I mean, of taste. Again, but. although this is yeah, like 
I I finished watching the movie both times. Was like, I mean, I what does the gay guy know? I don't know. Maybe maybe she is funny, <laughs> and I just <laughs> she has so she has the type of I guess so. It's definitely different. I don't know Zendaya. Zendaya, yeah. Zendaya, oh, I don't, Zendaya I is is she's a, the type of every. She's stunning. She is she's beautiful. Becca has kind of a she's a renaissance beauty dude i mean that's what she is she's very attractive and i I, i've seen her in lots of other movies always attractive i thought she was the perfect casting i do agree that she does seem a little more emotional than i expected but it was always um she let her emotion show only when she was she rarely yeah that's her emotion anyone else was in the room and i did find that and it's almost always uh when because she's worried about paul Right, exactly. Yeah, I, you know, so to me it felt right. Okay, well, um, a, few, a quick other, few other things different from the book that that I thought about. Um, one was I, I was a little surprised that they didn't, especially because they had um, done a pretty good job of explaining the universe in uh, in different areas. I I was a little surprised that they didn't explain what a mentat is. Um, yeah, that was interesting. They, they, I thought they did a really good job of like subtly showing it, and like, mm-hmm. like when um, Fufir mm-hmm. he, he asked him to calculate how much right. um, they spent to get there to announce the Herald. or whatever. Yeah, the Herald. Yeah, I, I, I had that moment where I was about to become that meme and lean over to my wife and whisper a bunch of like way too much knowledge that there's no way she would have cared about, right? Like I was about to go like, now you see, he's a human computer because you know. <laughs> Millennia ago, mankind. Yeah, I was about to start talking about the Butlerian Jihad, and I was like, "If you do this, I will end you, Wheeler. Like this is a bridge. <laughs> like just enjoy what you got going on right here." Anyway, my point is like they did a really cool job of like showing it in action. Right. Yeah, there was no uh, explanation. Like if you if you don't know that, you don't really understand what why that's like, that way. Why did his eyes go milk? Yeah, yeah. You, you kind of get an idea. Um, I'm assuming that you know in in the book. Paul is is trained in the Ben and Jesuit ways, and he is also trained as a mentat. Um, I'm assuming that they're not going to do anything about the the mentat training in in the movie, which is fine. I I think that I mean when you are condensing down a book the size of Dune, you have to make decisions or considerations like that, and I think that that's a fairly reasonable one to make. Um, a couple other things that um, I thought were interesting changes. One is this is one that someone I follow on Twitter commented on and I hadn't necessarily thought about, but you know, in the books, the main characters don't really know where spice comes from for a long time. And, and the person on Twitter was like, you know, I guess this is kind of going to be determined in part two, um, on whether that ends up becoming something that's a part of the story or not. Uh, it may just be, and I guess we don't really know what they, they know about, where spice comes from um, at this point, which is, is kind of interesting. Um, and then another change. So one of the characters that didn't make an appearance and that I'm kind of guessing probably isn't going to at all is um, the Baron's heir fade is, is not in the movie. There's only beast for bond. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious to you. It's Mentat that it's, it's the Baron's Mentat that like makes the arrangements with the Sardaukar and stuff like that, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Anyway, um, I mean the in the obviously Sting is is that character in the 
1984 movie. I just felt that they could never top Sting. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they can't. I mean, not for me. That'll always hold a special place in my heart. For sure. Well, you don't think that he could still appear, though, right, Jay? I'm assuming he's not going to. Really? Are you assuming that because of, like, you're smart and, like, look into casting decisions and that kind of no, crap? No, no, You see, Sting I think he was busy been in the first one. during the filming of the <laughs> first one. He will be available for the second one. Oh, okay. And we'll get Sting back. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> so... I mean, I guess I'm curious, Josh or, or either of you, if if he does not, if he's not in part two, uh, does does that matter? Do you think? No, it doesn't matter to me at all. <sighs> Probably not. I mean, he's not. I mean, Beast Robin is obviously the character I care about more, but of the Harkonnens. And in, in the end of the book and in the end of the other movie, there's a duel between uh, Fade and and Paul, but. I'm assuming that scene's either going to get cut or he'll duel someone else. I think that probably part of the reason why it got cut as well is that it is kind of funny. It's kind of a funny like commentary on um, what we think is acceptable or not acceptable as, as times change. But yeah, cause he's kind of lecherous, right? Am I remembering that right? Well, there's 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 this creepy. So first of all, the the thing that's kept in is you know the the good guys are you know, athletic and beautiful and the bad guys are either in, in, in the book and in the movie it stayed, they're either fat or ugly. Um, how dare which, you say that about Beast Raban, Jay? <laughs> my, my bad. Um, which is, awesome. which I think is, is kind of an interesting, uh, something that's interesting that it's okay yeah. to, to do that. Right. Um, right. but in the book, the, there's like this kind of creepy, um, I mean, the Baron is gay or homosexual and he, he's, he ha- makes kind of like just creepy comments about, you know, how beautiful his nephew is, et cetera. And, right, right. um, and, and I can't necessarily remember if, if Fade is, uh, homosexual in the book or not, but, um, it is kind of interesting to me that like the, the trope of the good guys are straight and the bad guys are gay was <laughs> removed from the the movie. Uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, sure. But anyways, that that's potentially at least part of of maybe why they made the decision with Fade. I don't know. But well, to be honest, that that subplot, if you will, is not yeah. important to the no. story. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Um. So I'm, you know. It doesn't need to be there at this point. Your right times have changed. It's not. I believe that they've made uh, Baron Hark icky enough. They don't yeah, anymore. Yeah. Which I'm. I, I'm. I mean, the either the makeup was fantastic or Stellan Skarsgård has gained 200 pounds. I don't know which it was, but yeah, I don't think he's gained 200 pounds. <laughs> I mean, for me, they won that character as soon as they cast Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. Like, oh, yep, victory. Did what did you guys think of? Uh, obviously the the internet was in an uproar over the gender and race swap oh the, my ridiculous heck when, like i could not less, right but i thought that she was magnificent like i thought that they did, yeah, such, did a great job i don't know to me it just all it did was drive home that like that is almost not relevant like frankly you could have gender swapped paul and cheney at this point and i probably would have been fine with it if you do a good job with it, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's not what's important to me. What's important is the, the character, make the character interesting. And they did all of that with, what did, I mean, what did, yeah, her, her final scene was freaking rad. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. And I, she was, I, I don't remember that from the book, Jay. Is that, was that a liberty? I don't, I mean, I don't think she, um, I don't think it's exactly like that, no. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember it being like, but it, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the truth she is, does. is that she was more interesting to me than any of the doctors have ever been in previous installments of this right. story. Yep. She's yeah. a better doctor than the doctor in the sci-fi series. She's in uh, uh, the original David Lynch movie, and she's a better doctor than the doctor that I remember from the book. That's, I mean, can you get better than that? Right, right. Um, another slight change is that, like, in the book, and I think in some of the other movies, like, they know that there's a traitor. They don't know who. They know it can't be Yui because he has the, you know, the soup training. Um, they don't really get into that in this one. And I, again, I, as a time saver, I don't really know that it mattered. What did, what did you guys think on that? So one of the things that I don't recall being in the book that was in the movie was that they said that there was a Harkonnen in the wall that, the drone. I remember yeah, the book in being being Yui in in the. the no, he was the it one wasn't. It wasn't. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, it was. Gosh, it's been, it did a good job in both the movie and the book of like setting this like, look, you are in a trap. Like there are, you know, there are tre- there's treachery all around you. I felt like right, you know, and so because they did a good job with that in the movie, it felt like it was okay that they didn't get into that those explanations. I, Yui, like you're saying, Jay. Yeah, and I thought the scene where where Gurney Halleck was like they do the fight and then afterwards he's like you don't see you don't get how how big a trouble we're in <laughs> i thought that was yeah. good one. right yeah um, uh, i'm curious oh, go ahead i'm curious what did you guys i guess what did you think of the casting of timothy chalamet as paul um and then what did you think of how he did as acting the the role uh, i'll go first because i have the least involvement i took care of the thing but um, so I've never seen him before. I've never seen anything he's done before. When they first announced him, you know, I did what everybody else did, which looked at him, and <laughs> I was I was skeptic, right, um, at first. Uh, but seeing him on the screen, uh, you know, again, I have nothing to compare as to whether he's done better or worse than his previous efforts. For, but I was I was sold. To me, he was Paul. Yeah, I I mean, so a couple things. Number one, uh, the casting is brilliant because it's sucking in my younger daughters to totally want to see ah. the movie. Right? Which is, <laughs> that, that, that works for me. Um, I I think he he and the casting together did such a great job of you know this is a a young person who has all of this thrust upon them you know uh, all of this duty and power and and treachery and you know. And uh, I, I I liked the way he handled it quite a bit, honestly. You know, like there was a couple scenes that it was a scene that both both highlighted what an incredible good guy, quote unquote, Leto was, right? And and just also kind of showed that sort of gap in experience, you know, really well. I thought, but that scene before they leave the planet, and he Leto says to him, you know, whatever you decide, like you you will have always been what I wanted, what I needed you to be, my son, you know. And I'm like choking up over here right <laughs> anyway i just felt like all of that he played off of these you know more these older prestigious actors actresses really well you know so yeah i i i was pretty happy like i said my my only quibble is just maybe how they decided to handle the litany of fear scene you know mm. 
a teeny yeah. bit. Um, one of the things that I appreciated with the movie was, I guess, just like the scope or the massiveness or the like sense you would, yeah, the sense of scale, the size of the ships or the size of the armies that you know the Baron or the Emperor or the House of Trades was commanding um, was was quite impressive. I thought. Yeah, the, um, the, the, they just did such a cool job of like, here you are in a little ornithopter, here here you are in a carrier, here's the carriers all going into the highliner that takes them to the planet, and at that scene where they're like coming out of that thing, I was like, holy Moses, those are you know huge, like even more so than the or, way you feel like when a star destroyer comes on, you know, comes onto the screen in Star Wars, like yeah, or Ernie Halleck's like the shields down, he's running out of the the building he looks up and sees the highliner above him that's like just this massive thing in the night sky and like i just had this thought of yeah the the thought that i was having like if 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 i saw that in real life i'd just be like oh we're screwed (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 and they do that again with the worms with the harvesters you know um again the scene with the harvester was awesome i i uh, even just like the opening scene of them the harvester working in the Fremen jumping up and yeah. you know, the Fremen cat. But like happening, yeah. the opening scene of that harvester was amazing. Um, I guess I, I had another, I going back to casting. Um, I have a difficult question for you. Um, I obviously, I, I think they did an amazing job on the casting. They have amazing actors that were, that fit perfectly for the roles. Um, what would you say was either the best casting decision or the person who, or the actor or actress that, that did the best job in their role? I can, well, you guys think I'll, I'll, I'll say who, who I think I, I'm going to give the award to. Right. Um, I think I'm going to go with Javier Bardeen as Stilgar. <laughs> yeah. You need more of him, right? Like you get so yeah. him in the film. Um, yeah. I uh, honestly, for me, it's probably a toss up between Sharon Duncan Brewster as Leet Kynes, because I thought she brought that character to life in a way that it never had been done before. Um, Or Skarsgård, because I'm just a total I'm just a harlot for a good villain casting, I guess. I don't know. So I feel like you asked two different questions. Sure. Yeah. One of them was the casting that I like the best on the job. So uh, the casting I like the best is Jason. But I don't necessarily feel like. I mean, he just gave us Jason Momoa, which is fine. That's what I wanted. Um, but I don't necessarily, I'm not going to say he did the best job of his role. Um, I probably lean towards uh, Javier Bardem, uh, his Stilgar. For Stilgar, because I just, he, he the, from the second he walked in the room, I was like, wow, that's, that is Stilgar. And he just, he was, he was Stilgar throughout. And he just does a great job of it. And that's a, um, anyway, it's a character that I like. Um, I don't get enough of in some of the other properties, so I'm assuming yeah, we'll get a lot I guess more I, of it in the second film. You should. Yeah, sure, you should. I guess I, um, you're right, I did do two things. I, I, I think that the one I answered, I think Stilgar probably did the, the what Trevor said the best job. If I was thinking about casting, um, I would probably pick either Timothy Chalet or... Chalamet. Yeah, Chalamet, whatever. Um, or... Uh, I'm, I'm blank. Oscar Isaac as Duke. Oh Vegas. yeah. No, he was, he was great as Duke. Also, yeah. I, have- <laughs> I almost, Go ahead. when, when Poe Dameron got in the orthocopter, <laughs> oh, he's a pilot here too. Typecasting. 
One thing I have to say, like, before we run out of time is, like, I was I was super grateful and I thought it was so well done that they pulled this off as a PG-13. Sure, yeah, like, yeah. Like, it could have been very easily could have been R. A hundred percent. And the part that made me think about it, that they had done a good job with it, is um, the scene where Beast Robin just cuts down a bunch of basically yeah um, yeah 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 the trades right and they just did it with a cool cut you know and i'm like uh, for me that's a big deal i know that's not a big deal for a lot of other people but like for me it's a big deal especially because it means that i can really let take my family to all to see this kind of thing so let me just ask you guys a, a question um i think that one of the biggest complaints from the general popular the pace of it which it was a complaint for um, Dennis Villeneuve's, uh, I don't know, it was um, uh, Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner. The, the, big, the yeah. big complaint was that the pacing was pretty slow. I like the pacing. I like the pacing of this movie as well. But I can see that that might be what you guys say or how do you feel about that? <laughs> I feel like if you understand properly that this is the first half of this, the movie, then that that shouldn't be a complaint. If you didn't like, realize if- then you would be if you were like really thought this thing was going to wrap up the first book all in one movie, you would panic at some point. Sure, I guess I would say if someone came to me and was, was like, "I watched Dune and it was just too slow of a movie for me," I would feel a great well of sadness and pity for this person. Do you guys do you guys agree though that it was a that it was I don't want to call it a, a really slow. It did take a little average. Uh, well, what I said to my I, do- my older daughter when we were talking about it last night is I said they are taking the appropriate amount of time to like do this tell- story correctly. Right. I mean, that's what I was going to say in response to your question, I guess, Trevor, was that the, the actually the word that came to my mind as well was appropriate. I mean, yes, it is probably, you know, it's it's slower paced than the Fast and the Furious movie or you know whatever, but it is appropriate to what it's conveying or. It's also, and not just, not even just the book, I guess, uh, but it feels like with the scope and scale of what he's trying to convey, it's, I, I think that having that type of pacing helps, I guess, convey kind of the majesty or the scale of what yeah. is and going yeah. on. Yeah. 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 So what did, I guess this is one of my last questions for you guys um did you guys like how the i guess almost the psychedelic portion of the movie with paul's visions and stuff like that did you or how he interacts with spice did, did you like how that was portrayed on it um i would say for the most part like the the vision in the tent scene i really liked the tent scene a lot right um I think there was a lot that was done cool with that. Like even the fact, even the way that when they came out of it, they saw the little desert mouse, you know, and mm-hmm. cause that's a kind of a cool foreshadowing thing. And, um, I, I would say there was one or two of them that I was like, Oh, are we doing this again? But, but not, you know, for the most part, like it was pretty well done, pretty interesting way to kind of show this like sensing time at, or sensing occurrences at different times kind of thing. One thing I'll say about it that is cool on a rewatch uh-huh. is that there's like at the start of the movie, there's a vision of, you know, a, a bug, a beetle being yes. played with on the finger. And then you see that later in the movie during the Sartre attack with Duncan so, Idaho. 
et cetera. And so it is, it's interesting seeing the visions after you've seen the movie and seeing like some of them, how they fit in the movie. So I thought that was, it, it adds maybe a little bit of rewatchability to the, the movie. Well, and what he does is he brings all the skills that he brought to bear to create a rival and like right, appropriates yeah. them here. You know, it's like if you rolled, if you rolled the, uh, director rpg stats to make a dune movie clearly dennis villeneuve uh, you know maxed out some of the important ones right uh did you have any thoughts on on that trevor uh not really okay <laughs> uh i guess one one final thing on on the psychedelics things or whatever is that one of the one of the weird parts of the mo- of the book is he'll talk paul will talk about the golden path in the book right and he's kind of scared about it quite a bit um and during the during the visions there there are beams of light that he's seen that look like a golden path that i'm assuming is is a nod to the book with that which i thought was was kind of cool as well um so any i guess anything else that you guys have or want to talk about with the movie yeah i want to talk about the second one because i'm i'm <laughs> i'm struggling a little bit here with the wait. Like we've waited so long for this first. Right. Especially. And, yeah. It's and, also an issue that it is, it's not even greenlit yet. So it is. Oh, it's not. Years out. Right. No. Oh, I didn't know that part. Either. I, I am sorry. I to, sort of assumed that it was a package deal. Hey, we're going to make two. One they, would they assume that. All, they assigned all these, you know, actors a deal. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's frustrating to me in the, especially in the world we currently live where it's possible that this movie may not make enough money right. to have this would be well, especially because disaster. Warner Brothers HBO is going to be under new ownership. That this is <laughs> this is like my worst nightmare. Like it's taken this long to get the movie out, and it's everything I wanted it to be. And now we're gonna we want the second one. And honestly, when when I found out or remembered or figured out whatever it was. I was hoping that, you know, okay, yeah, it's two months from now. It's coming out. They, they, the whole thing, you know, they filmed the whole thing in one shot. Um, we're ready for the second one. They've already been through post production. We're ready to go into the second movie. There it is. You know, almost like the last two, uh, movies of The Matrix, getting them basically back to back. I, that's what I was, I, as soon as I found out, that's what I hoped for. And, and my heart plummets every time I think about the, the dates they're talking about, 2020. I'm I'm an old man. I have diabetes. I might have a heart attack. <laughs> you can't you can't do that to me. Uh, no, that's brutal. I mean, one I guess one thing we talked about this as well, by the way, in our uh, Dune episode that maybe you guys haven't remembered this, but the idea was kind of that this might create kind of a expanded Dune universe, and as part of that, there's there was going to be a uh, TV show on HBO about the Bene Gesserits called Dune the Sisterhood. And as near as I can tell, that is, I mean, I there's an article dated six days ago that says that it's still on track to release in 2022. There you go, Trevor. So, that's supposed to tide uh, you, I guess. That's not going to tide me over. I don't really care. <laughs> that, means, that means absolutely nothing to me. I've never read any of these. I really don't have any ties or interest in. I don't care about these Benedictine witches. Yeah, yeah you I, don't, I don't. All their machinations through the millennia. Yeah, don't care. I mean, my interest could 
If, if it were possible for Mantis to be negative, <laughs> I really don't care. And I also want the second out. We are all Trevor. All right. Well, uh, anything else? No, I mean, I think we're going to grade the whole thing once we hear some now. <laughs> <laughs> I, they, they achieved everything I hoped for, honestly. I'm and I guess here is, I said that it wasn't, yeah. here, here is um, an update on Dune Part 2. Um, the Warner Media CEO said, will we have a sequel to Dune? If you watch the movie, you see how it ends. I think you pretty much know the answer to that, she said. Well, yes, we know how the movie ends. We want you to officially say <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, that your, your wordplay is not a green light, so yeah, let's try. All right, well, um, I guess double plus recommend. Go out and watch it. Um, super. I, you know, I, I watched it Thursday night and I was so excited afterwards. Like I felt like I was vibrating. (laughs) (laughs) I was just totally amped up and buzzed after watching it. So if you don't go watch it and if you don't like it, may your, may your knife chip and shatter. (laughs) Yes. Also that. (laughs) 